before the human race harnessed the power of fire, there was only darkness, an inky black foreboding abyss that concealed danger, mystery, and fear. Into that darkness brave men would not venture, for as the map says, here there be monsters. and hearing eyewitness testimony regarding a creature that launched me into the cryptozoology world, and in a roundabout way is responsible for the show. But before we get started, since this is the very first episode of Here There Be Monsters podcast, allow me to introduce the show in its unique format. Here There Be Monsters podcast is a little different than most podcasts, in that most of the content comes from you, the listener. Each episode will focus on a particular cryptid or mysterious region, and will mostly be made up of listener-submitted eyewitness encounters. Which leads me to my final point before we dive in. If you've witnessed something strange, or perhaps know someone that has, please consider submitting your story. How do you do that, you ask? It's simple. You can either email your story at herethereBeMonstersPodcast at gmail.com, or call in toll-free to the Monster Hotline at 888-608-NIGHT. That's 888-608-NIGHT. You will be routed to a voicemail recorder where you can leave your story for me to play on the air. And as always, you can visit the website for further information. Here there be monsterspodcast.com. Now, on with the show. My personal story and crash course in cryptozoology took place when I was roughly 10 years old. I grew up in southeast Ohio, a rural, hilly, wooded area far from many major cities, and growing up we didn't have a whole lot of things to entertain ourselves with. So my brother and our neighbor decided to do some exploring one summer. We'd pack a little lunch, and we'd uh, we'd walk a half a mile or so down into the woods and, and basically uh, explore our area around us. Um, we newly able to, to do so, so that's exactly what we did. On one of these particular trips, we uh, decided to eat our lunch on this a uh, large limestone rock uh, sitting alongside a company pipeline that ran through uh, my father's land there. And if you're not familiar with the pipeline, it's basically a, uh, a strip of land that cuts through the woods, and it's basically just a field about knee-to-waist-high grass, and uh, it just expands over the hills like a, like a snake. So at any rate, we're sitting here eating our lunch, talking about the next little area we're going to try to explore, maybe build a fort or whatever it is we did as children, 
And uh, on the hill to our right, we heard a commotion, so all three of us looked up at the same time, just in time, to see a large black creature jet across the wooded area and lunge into uh, the open pipeline. Instantly, the three of us jumped to our feet and tried to cut off the creature as it met the pipeline. Uh, Not cut off as in get in front of it, but cut off uh, to the tree line where we could see it cross into the clear grass and get a really good look at what it was we were looking at. Uh, But by the time we'd reached the, the tree line, which was maybe 20 feet for us, this thing was gone. The grass was moving where it went, and that's all we saw of it after that point. The creature was large. I'd say maybe five, even six foot long. It stood about two and a half, maybe three foot tall at the shoulder. Long, sleek, and very shiny and dark. Almost like it was wet. It was very muscular. You could see muscles move under the fur. You could see how powerful the legs were. And that thing was booking it. It was cooking it through through those trees. So, the sighting's over. We're sitting there talking amongst ourselves. Like, what did we just see? What, What is this thing? Our best bet and only guess that we could come up with was it was some sort of giant cat. We discussed whether or not, could it be a bear? Could it be uh, a dog? Could it be anything other than a black panther? And we kept coming back to the same thing. It, It was too skinny to be a bear. It was too sleek. And it was just wasn't shaped right to be a dog. It was fairly low to the ground, and it was long, and it just wasn't a dog. So, basically, we decided that we'd witnessed a mystery Black Panther. Ever since Europeans settled the Ohio Valley region, legends of a mysterious black cat have existed. Reports of a mysterious phantom-like creature, six feet in length, 100 plus pounds, and said to stalk the fields and forests, towing the outskirts of farms and communities across the Midwest. A majority of the reports describe what can only be explained as a panther, a black panther, or more accurately, a melanistic leopard, an animal not native to the Midwest, but instead Africa and Asia. For those that aren't familiar with the term melanistic, melanism is the development of a dark-colored pigment in the skin or its appendages, basically the opposite of an albino. Many experts claim that these eyewitnesses are simply spotting house cats and misjudging the size. Try this. Go to Google, type in Mystery Black Panther or Phantom Black Cats, and you can see a plethora of blurry images. They kind of look like house cats. They're low to the ground, they're short, they're stocky, short tail. They're most likely house cats. But still, not all sightings can be explained away using this logic. Some witnesses are simply too close to misidentify something. Some encounters leave behind huge footprint evidence, and still others leave behind physical evidence in the form of scratches on trees or buildings. Another common explanation is that observers are simply seeing black mountain lions. Well, there are a few issues with this. According to the Department of Natural Resources, although the cougar or mountain lion once resided in the Ohio Valley region, they were declared extinct in 1885 due to overhunting and habitat loss. In addition, to date there has been no concrete evidence of a melanistic mountain lion ever existing. Although a few people have reported to have seen one or killed one or even taken a picture, 
nothing has actually surfaced to prove their existence. Still other theories suggest that the creature frequently spotted is simply an exotic leopard or jaguar. This theory has some historical support. On May 30th, 1893, the Walter L. Main circus train derailed and careened over a cliff while traveling through Tyrone, Pennsylvania. While many of the animals were aboard were killed, several survived. Among the survivors, a 600-pound Bengal tiger that later attacked and killed a cow in a nearby farm before being shot and killed. Still more escapees may have evaded capture altogether. In the months and years after the accident, local papers peppered reports of kangaroos and exotic birds. And much more recently, a mere 30 miles from the location of my encounter, on October 11, 2011, Terry Thompson, a resident of Zanesville, Ohio, and the owner of dozens of exotic animals, including tigers, bears, lions, wolves, and cougars, took his own life, but not before releasing his animals just on the outskirts of town. The following news story describes the ordeal in detail. This sign perfectly captured the fear that gripped this small Ohio town today. Exotic animals, wild animals on the loose, what may be the biggest release of dangerous carnivores in U.S. history. The frantic 911 calls. 911. Yeah, there's a lion on Mount Perry Road in Grayshaw. I'm pretty sure, and I just saw a wolf. I think I just seen one. It was like a jaguar or a wolf or something. Deputies with shoot-to-kill orders used their pistols to take down lions, tigers, bears, and wolves before the sun went down. And with daylight... It is still, still not a completely secured area. There were still wild animals on the loose. And even when they found one and tried to tranquilize it, it became aggressive and also had to be put down. We had animals outside that fenced area along the road that were trying to get loose. I had deputies that had to shoot animals with their sidearms at close range. Today, schools were ordered closed, children kept indoors. We are not talking about your normal, everyday house cat or dog. These are 300-pound Bengal tigers that we've had to put down. When it was over, 49 animals have been killed, including 18 Bengal tigers. Ohio has more incidents with exotic animals than any other state. Its laws are among the most lenient in the country. Columbus Zoo Director Jack Hanna was in town all day to help police. But I'll do everything I can over my dead body to put these people out of business. The release of 56 wild animals was the last desperate act of their owner. Just out of prison, Terry Thompson deliberately cut cages open before committing suicide with a gun. Some of the animals attacked his body. Thompson's estranged wife covered her face from reporters, but did help move the surviving six animals into crates to take to the Columbus Zoo. Tom Stauff saw the scene. He called the conditions there abhorrent. To see all of these animals piled up after they, they were, were killed um, because they were running free, running loose uh, in a dangerous situation, this is wrong. This is way wrong. Perhaps the mysterious animals we've been seeing are simply known animals that have either escaped or purposely been released. I find that explanation highly unlikely, but I suppose stranger things have happened. Now for the meat and potatoes section of our show. I have a few listener call-ins with encounters with mystery black cats. Let's give the first one a listen now. Hi. I live in the Midwest, and this was a uh, late summer night, uh, approximately uh, 7 p.m. I was uh, doing dishes. 
looked out the window, and probably about within 150 feet from the window, I saw a big black object walking on all fours. Uh, the object looked uh, similar to a cat with a very long black tail. Um, he went around uh, a, ha- a home where um, they had uh, several outdoor cats who they feed on a regular basis. Uh, the feeding for the cats was probably an hour before that, uh, but this big black object that looked like a panther, um, he went around the dishes or the containers that they were feeding the outdoor cats, uh, and then he proceeded to go and rub up against the, a small tree. Uh, he also clawed the tree and kind of did stretching on the tree. Um, by the time I left the window to go get a camera or something to take his picture, uh, I noticed him trotting kind of uh, on all fours off down under um, some brush into a uh, wooded area. Um, this was the largest black cat type animal I've ever seen. I also live in a city, so it's very rare that uh, we have such a, a or a large cat in that area. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Uh, it's a very interesting story. It makes you wonder if if uh, the big guy is uh, sniffing around those food bowls for some leftover food, or maybe he's you know hunting house cats himself. Uh, it's also very peculiar that you say you live in a city. The, the funny thing is, just last week, uh, the famed Los Angeles lion, P twenty two, mountain lion, I should say. Uh, broke into the L.A. Zoo and killed and ate, partially ate, a koala. And I guess they caught the whole encounter on closed-circuit television of some sort. You never know, it's lurking around your alleys. Very disconcerting. Our next call is from a gentleman named Austin. Uh, thank you, Austin. Let's hear your story. Yes, my name is Austin Buer. I was uh, looking out my kitchen window. It was about this time... This time last year, one kind of one day before, before summer set in, about 50 yards out there, dang boom by the wood line, I see this black thing come up. I, I grabbed the gun. I said, I said, dang boom. I, I don't know what that dang boom. I don't know what that thing is. I, I didn't shoot her. I, I, I let her creep on out through the field. I'm telling you, she's about long as one of them great darn dogs and uh, real low to the ground. Almost, almost like it was crawling on its, crawling on its belly, and I, I seen it. It went, went, went cross field, and my neighbor, my neighbor seen it twice. Neither one of us, neither one of us shot it, but it, I don't know. I hear all this talk about black panthers crawling around out here. And dang boom, man, it could have been. We thought it was one of them lynxes, but it could have been dang boom black panther out here, uh, Green County, Ohio, out towards Indian and uh, just wanted to share my. I'll black panther store with you. Hope y'all have a good day. Dang boom, indeed. Uh, thank you, Austin, for that uh, colorful call. Uh, the funny thing is, he's I know where he's calling from, uh, Indian Camp, which is in Guernsey County, and it's maybe uh, you know another 30 miles from the Zanesville area. Um, so perhaps they didn't catch all those, all those escaped exotics uh, back in 2011. And finally, we have one last call for the evening. Uh, this anonymous caller, uh, I believe, is also from Ohio. Um, let's uh, let's give him some time here. Yeah, I just wanted to call in and share my story. 
with you. Um, I'm a small town police officer in Ohio and had a um, uh, ride along with me, a civilian rider, and we're going through town and and he goes, hey, did you see the size of that large cat over there? And I just thought he meant like a house cat. And I kept driving. He kept going, no, oh, that thing was, you know, really big and had a really long tail and it was uh, solid black. Just kind of, you know, ignored it, didn't think too much of it. Um, but then a few days later, I'm driving around by myself in the patrol car. It's, you know, probably springtime, um, daylight, middle of the day, and heading up the road. And I see this large animal starting across the road. And I'm thinking, you know, it's probably a stray dog. So I try to catch up so I can take a better look at it, get it back to its owner. As I get closer, I look at it and I notice the ears first thing. It just had regular cat ears, real pointy. Um, Then as I get even closer, I notice the really long tail. It was just a solid black, large cat. Looked to be almost three feet tall at the shoulders. And as soon as I got a good look of it, it, it sprinted across the roadway and then up into the woods area. So I never got truly close enough to take a good look at it, but it was definitely something that uh, didn't belong out in that area. Um, and nothing I've seen before or since. So I just wanted to share that story with you. Thank you. And thank you for that call as well. Uh, I always I always love to hear testimony from uh, from police officers or, or military uh, personnel. You know, they're, they're trained to be... Uh, basically human recorders they're they're trained to observe and report uh, so you know when they see something unexplainable like this they at least in my mind they 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 take notice to it they they really uh you know put pen to paper mentally uh so to speak uh, you can take them for their word is what i'm trying to say uh so anyway thank you caller for for that um that is all the calls we have for this evening uh i just want to remind you that if uh you know if you have a story to tell. You've seen something strange. Maybe you've, uh, you know, run into Bigfoot or, or seen a lake monster or, or uh, you know, anything like that. Uh, I'd like to hear from you. I'd like uh, I'd like you to give me a call or shoot me an email. Again, that email is herethereBeMonstersPodcast at gmail.com. Or you can give me a call uh, on my monster hotline, 888-608-NIGHT. That's 888-608-6444. As I said in the beginning of the show, you're going to be directed to a voicemail where you simply leave your story, and I'll put it on the air. I'm going to close tonight by filling you in on a little story that I read from the Stark County Democrat, a newspaper out of Canton, Ohio. This story was published on January 23rd of 1896. Now, this is my abbreviated version of this story. But it seems that uh, in the winter of, I assume, 1895, it doesn't actually say in the story, but in the winter of that year, many of the livestock had started uh, coming up missing. Many of the townspeople were, were kind of perplexed as to what it could be. They see the tracks, and they know it's not a bear. The tracks just aren't right. And they know it's not a wolf just because of the behavior of the creature. So they've started tracking and trying to trap this creature, and this has gone on for months. And a few people see glimpses of it here and there, and they're not even sure what it is they're looking at. So finally, a few of the gentlemen in town put together a bit of a posse with some hound dogs and a few men with uh, pitchforks and and rifles. And they tracked the beast to a river. I believe it was the Buell River, to be exact. And they track it across the river up into a rocky ledge where it simply disappeared. 
There was nowhere for this animal to go. The dogs were perplexed. The, the men with torches saw nothing. It basically just disappeared. So for the following weeks after that, more creatures were killed. Goats, horses, cattle, sheep, you name it. Everything's getting mauled. Uh, to the point where these farmers would hang out with their rifles on their front porch and just wait for this thing to show up. And that's exactly what happened to a young man named Johnny. Apparently, he was sitting in his kitchen window and saw the creature attack a cow in the pasture across from their cabin. So he pulled down his rifle off the wall, stood in the doorway, and waited for the beast to walk close enough, and he fired a single shot, killing it instantly. Here's where things get weird. They inspect the dead body of this creature, which turned out to be a panther. They don't say what kind of panther, I can only assume a mountain lion. But at any rate, the strangest part about it is it had a leather collar around its neck. So, they use this collar, they give the dog scent from the collar, and they send them out to find out where this cat came from, and they track it back to that same rocky ledge. So, the gentleman, using, again, torches and, and whatever, find a small passageway over a little ravine you basically have to jump over to get into this cave. They cautiously enter the cave, slowly make their way to the back, and they begin to smell smoke, wood smoke. So as they get near the end, they see a little fire. And they see a man sitting next to this fire. And on his lap are two panther kittens. Well, the man is startled, and apparently the gun accidentally went off, and they shot what happened to be a half-white, half-Native American man. Well, as he lay bleeding, dying, he mentioned to the men that he trapped the original panther, the one that was killed, uh, in Michigan, and brought it with him to Wisconsin, I believe is where the story takes place, brought it with him to Wisconsin, where he raised it to attack livestock and bring him back the meat for him to eat. So basically, the cat would fetch his food, and he'd divvy it up to the cat. It came back one day pregnant, so now he has kittens that I guess he intended to do the same thing with. That man ended up dying minutes or hours later, and they took the two panther kittens and put them on exhibition for a couple days, and it says they were killed after that, which kind of sucks. So anyway, if you go to the website, herethereBeMonstersPodcast.com, and go to the show notes section, uh, you can find this full article there. I, I suggest giving it a read. Uh, I couldn't do it justice, but it's, uh, it's it's really entertaining. The clip used in the in the show will also be posted on there, as well as any other random information I may have floating around here. Uh, again, that's herethereBeMonstersPodcast.com. I want to thank you all for listening tonight. Uh, this show is a little shorter than I plan on having. Um, I'm just a little short on caller submissions as of yet. So, uh, again, I hope you guys can find it in your heart to tell me your scary stories. Thanks again for listening. Have a good night. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts.